Good morning. Hi, my name is David. I am one of the volunteers here. Uh, our pastor is away this morning, and I have the great privilege of bringing you uh, the good news um, of Jesus. I have a question for you to start off this morning. Have you ever heard uh, the proverb or the adage that all road all roads lead to warm. It's in my mic is kind of loud. Um, I will repeat that. Have you ever heard that adage that all roads lead to warm? This is a proverb that I I grew up with. I learned it in French. Um, it may mean different things to different people. But looking at this proverb, it simply means that there, there are more than only one way to reach an intended goal. For instance, I moved to this country. I was not used to the education system, and I wanted to go to university, and I need to work some prerequisites to get me ready for university, and um, so I had a lot of trouble in math. Um, because the way you do math, this is not the way I used to do it back home. And it was, oh my God, wanting to pull my hair every time. But my teacher said, hey, David, as long as you can show your work, the end result, we are good. I said, okay, problem solved. So I do it my way. Other students did it their way, and then we reached the same result, and it was all good. So, in other aspects of life, for instance, some people want to make an impact. Um, They want to serve their community, serve their country. Some people go to school. They specialize in one area, and um, a doctor, an architect, and whatever the area it is, So they're impacting people. Some people go into business. They make money. They invest. They give. Still have an impact. Um, But while this is true to some extent, I want you to know that the idea that all roads lead to warm is not true in every aspect. Of life, maybe you will agree um, with me. So, the thinking that all words lead to warm makes it way in religious circles. Um, it paves the way for what we call religious pluralism. Um, religious pluralism is a concept that means the coexistence of many or various religions within one giving society. For instance, um, here in Canada, you, when you are driving around, you see Sikh temples and you see mosque all around the city and and uh, um, Christian churches, and, and so on and so forth. So all this religion, they get along in Canada. They coexist 
together. And people do value um, religious pluralism, um, the harmonization between all religion, and sometimes they build coalition together. I remember uh, a few years ago, um, there was that war in Syria, and the Canadian government said they, they were going to bring 25,000 Syrians in Canada, and, um, and then religions and, and different religious leaders met together. They said, hey, if the government plans to do this, we need to unite ourselves and, and bring a few thousand too. And then you see uh, um, Baptists and, and Muslims and, and all these people get together and they sponsored um, some families to, um, to come to, to the country. My question that I have for you is, maybe I have many questions this morning, while all religion are equally protected by law. They are not um, equally the same. What I mean by that, yes, all religions are equally protected by law, but they are not inherently the same. They are not equal because they do not point to the same direction. So, you have probably heard, or you maybe believe it, that all religions are basically the same. As long as you do good, you're being a good person, you respect the rules of the religion that you belong to, and God will accept you. Um, but it, is that true, though? What if those different religions, they have different belief systems, they contradict each other? Can we still say they are similar? So what I am trying, it, it, it's not a point that I am trying to make this morning but I just want to share this news with you, uh, a bold statement made by Jesus, saying that he is the only way to God. This is pretty much a bold statement, eh? Do you believe that Jesus is the only way? Or you believe that he is one way to God? So today in our series, Thinking Christian, we will explore the inclusiveness or the inclusivity in Jesus' exclusivity. Because by making a statement like that, Jesus kind of excludes everything else. So within his exclusiveness, we are going to see does he invite other people despite him excluding everybody else? And we're going to see why that matters and what 
we should do about it. It was a long introduction, but allow me to pray so that we can dive into what I have to share with you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for you are a great God. You are an awesome God. You are the creator of this world. If we are alive this morning, it is just because of you, and we thank you for that. Lord, as we shared this morning, as we gathered today um, to worship you and, and, and to hear you speaking with us, I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our minds, open or soften our hearts, uh, so that we can be open to new ideas, to new way of thinking. Be with us as we continue to spend this time together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, I must apologize in advance because some of you may find this message a bit offensive, disturbing, or even arrogant. Um, but I will tell you to not, to not shoot the messenger. <laughs> because Jesus himself was, or is the one who made this statement that he is the only way. And we are going to figure this out together. So let's go um, to uh, John chapter 14. So in John, the 14th chapter, the Bible tells us that, um, or we read in the Bible that Jesus was advancing towards the end of his ministry on earth. He gathered um, his disciples, and he was kind of comforting them, talking to them, because he's going to die. He, he's aware of that, but his followers did, did not understand it. They couldn't grab the idea that Jesus will leave them, will die. And he was trying to console them, uh, to comfort them, announcing um, um, his death. So while he was entertaining that conversation with them, this is what, what happened in John chapter 14. Jesus said to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare you a place, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you may also, I need to repeat this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going, Jesus says. Thomas, one of the disciples, said to Jesus, Lord, 
we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip, another disciple, did not get it. Jesus just said that, yeah, you, you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The world, the word I say to you are not just my own, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Verse 11, believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracle themselves. So, the claim made by Jesus in John 14, verse 6, on the line that any other way or all other ways are false and lead to falsehood or or distraction. This is simply it. So according to John 14, verse 6, there is no other way Jesus is the way Jesus is the big deal. So he simply excludes any and every other way. So in this passage, we see in verse 5, that when Jesus was conversing with the disciples to, uh, to let them know that his time is up in this world and that he's going to prepare a place for them, an eternal place, that where they will be joining with him to live eternally. But they, they did not get it. They did not comprehend fully what Jesus was telling them. So for Thomas in verse 5, he was looking for, for direction. Like in today's day, we will say we need to use our GPS to, to, to lead us uh, to that place. But we see in verse 6 that the way is not a path. It's not a road. The way is a person, and Jesus says that he is the way. So if we 
if our goal, if our hope is to see God and, and to be able to live eternally with him, the only way is Jesus. He is the door. He is the pathway to, to be with God, to know God, and to live with God. So, Jesus says in, uh, in, in verse 6, if, if you know me, you know the Father, and you know the way. Thomas was asking for direction. Jesus said, no, I, I am the way. The, just the fact that you know me, and you will be able to, to get to the Father. So Jesus here said, no one comes to the Father but through, through him. So he is the revelation of God, meaning he reveals all the characteristics of God. Jesus is God incarnate, God in flesh. So he is the way through his sacrifice on the cross. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross make him the mediator between man and God. There was no one, when we look around, when we search around, there is no one that meets this criteria. No one else. So God himself has made provision. So Jesus is the way. Jesus is not pointing to the way. He's not leading to the way. He is the way. But when we look at other religion, or, or we, we, all we see is people maybe trying to point others to their way or to some gods out there. But Jesus says, he is the way. And we see in this same verse, verse 6, he says he's also the truth. So if people are looking for a truth out there, Jesus says he is it. He is the truth. Um, he says he's being the truth because he is the dependable, the only dependable source of redemption. So if we really in search for redemption, for forgiveness, for our sins, we can find that only in Jesus. He is the true manifestation of God. And he says that by his deed. In verse 11, I am going to, to perhaps read it because um, when the guys were questioning, oh, we, we do not know the way, or, or Philip say, we don't even know who God is. Why don't you show it to us? Show us, God. In verse 11, Jesus said, says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father in, is in me. And he said, if you don't just want to take my word, and in verse 11, he said, well, at least look at 
my deeds. Look at the miracles. Tell me who else is able to do the things I do. So he referred, he made reference to to the many things he has done, turn water into wine, give sight to people who were blind, and so on and so forth, the multiplication of, of food to feed people. He told them to go on this account and believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, and I am the truth. So Jesus being the truth, being the mediator between man and God, he, the truth influences us. The, few, the truth sanctifies us. The, the truth guides us. And the truth sets us free. At some point, those of us who are believers today, we, we were slaves of sin. We, we were living a wild, a wild kind of life. We were doing our thing. We, we did whatever we want. But when we accepted Jesus to be our Savior and we become a new person, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we become a new Person. So the, the, the truth set us free. We are no longer the slave of sin. There were things that were important to us. When we receive the truth, those things are no longer important. Jesus is the absolute truth. The claim that Jesus is the only way. We need to, to point that out. We need to accept it. Uh, the, the, the claim he makes that he is the only way kind of put Christianity and, and Christians at the forefront of hostility in, in, in the world. Because when, depending on where you are or in conversation with with, with other people, when, when you say that you are a Christian, automatically some people, oh my God, he's one of them. The arrogant, you know, saying that, you know, they are the big deal. But you know something? We are not responsible for this claim. This is Jesus himself making the claim that he is the way. When Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father but through him. He doesn't simply say that just like he said to the disciples. He backs it up. We have multiple examples to believe that Jesus is the way. Jesus restores Sights. I, I said that earlier. There were people who were deformed, people with hemorrhage, people who were dead. Jesus gave them life. They were able to live again. Jesus himself died, and three days later, 
he was back to life. There is no one that can equate this guy. No one. We haven't find, we, we haven't read it in, in history, and, and until today, if we were to search to find such a person, Jesus is the only person who meets those criteria. The Apostle Peter, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, says the following. Peter says, there is salvation in any other name, in no one else. For there is none other name on the heaven given among men where we must be saved. Jesus is the only person through whom, through which, we can be saved. No one under, under the heaven, Peter says. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, Paul says there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and that person is Jesus. There is no one else. There is one Savior. There is one gospel. Any other gospel or any other teaching we are hearing out there is just false. It just does not meet the mark, Jesus says. Whether you heard it or you believe that all religions are basically the same, the claim Jesus makes in John 14 just shakes this foundation, this belief that every religion is the same. They are not the same because they do not point to the same direction. This guy, Steve Harvey, many of you know him. He's a TV celebrity. Um, he says he's a Christian. Um, Steve was given an interview about his faith, what he believed, you know, about all different religions in this world. And then he said the following. So in his explanation, uh, Steve says, religion are like, you know, TV cables or TV channels, whatever the way he's explaining it, like Bell, Rogers in Canada. So if you, if you have Rogers and then you, you need entertainment, you're going to find entertainment through Rogers. If you are with Bell, you're still going to have access to your entertainment. So this is the way Steve Harvey um, view religion. Say, yeah, there is this religion, that religion, and those many religions, but at the end of the way, they just lead to the same thing. Really? So one may follow the rules of their religion. You may give alms to the poor, pray five times a day, or 
Maybe you go to pilgrimage because some religion, it requires, you know, a pilgrimage to Mecca, at least one in a lifetime. If you were to do these things, you pray five times a day and um, you, 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 you give to the poor, everything will be all right. You, you go, in fact, God will reward you with five virgins, you know, in the end. That's pretty good, pretty promising, eh? And some other religion, maybe it's all you have to do is to strive to reach what they call nirvana, you know, the enlightenment, and, and forgive about yourself, and, and, and do everything you can, and to be in contact with nature, and, and, and so on and so forth. If you were to reach that level... The door is wide open for you in the end. And some other people may, according to their religion, you know, abstain from certain food. They do not eat. But we can do whatever we want. Fasting 365 days in the year. But in reality, Jesus said, you know something? I am the way and the only way to God. I pay the price for people to come to God. No one needs to do anything. You don't need to prove anything. You don't need to, to, to pray five times a day or ten times or one, once a day, whatever. It is not going to be based on what you do as a person but it is all going to be based on what Jesus did on the cross. So the, 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 the exclusivity, the inclusivity of Jesus Christ, exclusivity here is very important. It is very important because if we really believe that Jesus is the way that changes everything for those of us who are Christian. So, He's, he's the big picture. In, in Genesis, I'm going to find it to be able to read it for you. In Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to recap everything that I have said here. God created men and women, Adam and Eve. He set them up in, in Eden, in that garden, this beautiful garden. And then he commanded them to, to take care of the garden and, and to eat everything that is in it except for that one tree. He said, do not touch it. But men did what men is very good at. They disobey. So, since then, God has been on a quest to reconcile people, humankind, to himself. Because his primary purpose 
for creation, is, is for people to, to be in relationship with him and for him to be their God and, 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 and people be his people and for them to be in this intrinsic relationship. But the fact that Adam and Eve fell, so they broke that bond that existed between them and God. So to bring people back to him, so God chose this guy. He called out this guy named Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to read just a little bit of it. So the Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. If you do that, Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So this is an early covenant, an early promise that God made that through Abraham there is this person that will be born and through that person humankind will be able to reconcile with him. And those of us who know a little bit about the Bible, we know the story, we know the trajectory leading to Jesus until he goes on the cross. So, through Abraham, we have the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, and then from that lineage, from that nation, Jesus came to be the Messiah, to be the Savior of the world. So we can boldly say that anyone who is not a member of this great family that God promised to Abraham and those who will be blessed, who will be grafted to his family, if you are not a member of this family and you are worshiping another God, maybe the God you are worshiping, the God or the God you are calling out to is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am ending. I put my Bible away. I am just going to ask you, the following question, because I think I am speaking with believers this morning. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Because my understanding is that us, those of us who profess to be Christian, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is 
God in flesh, God incarnate. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. But he was again after three days. Do you really believe that there is salvation in Christ alone, just like we were singing earlier? Do you really believe that in Christ alone we find hope for salvation? If all that I have said is true to you, and that's what you believe, so we need to definitely stop believing or caressing the belief or the idea that all religions are the same. They are not because they do not point to the same direction. Because the danger is that if you keep on believing that all religions are the same, oh yeah, it's a bunch of nice people and mangling together and so on and so forth, because that will put a belief in your mind and that belief will dictate your actions. Let me repeat that. If you believe that all religions are basically the same, that, that belief will dictate the way you behave, the way you conduct yourself, the kind of action you take in this life. But if you believe that Jesus is the only way to God, God with the big G, that will also dictate your action. So there is is a choice to make. The choice is that you and I who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the son of the living God, just like Peter said when Jesus asked them, who do people say I am? And Peter said, you, some of the disciples, of course, said that you are Elijah, you are Moses, and so on and so forth. But Peter, to that question, said to Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So if this is what you believe as well, just like me, church, we definitely need to tell the world. I I know it it is difficult. Uh, Someone who belongs to a certain religion or to belong to a certain faith to present to that person to say, I don't think you get it right. Jesus is the way. It can be very problematic and it's hard. But it is the truth. So you and I are called to tell others that Jesus is the only way. If they're really aiming at living Eternally with God, they need to put their trust in Jesus. And by doing that, by sharing this news, the Holy Spirit will do his work by changing minds, soften hearts, and people will believe 
people will get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We just cannot cross our arms, standing, doing nothing. People are perishing out there. Jesus is standing open arm, wanting to save. But he counts on us. We need to go and tell others. Because this is what he said to his disciples when he was leaving. He said, go and tell others about me. And those who believe, we will baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I conclude this morning with John chapter 15, verse 5, where Jesus says, He is the vine, we sang that earlier, and you are the branches. He said, those who do not, the branches who do not connect with the tree, with the vine, will die. So we have the responsibility of bringing people to this family. No matter how difficult it is, we do not have any choice. We do not have any other option because Jesus is the door. He is the way. He is the good shepherd. He is the true vine. He is the way, the truth, and life. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for leaving your honorable place with your Father, but choosing to come into this world just to give your life for the world. We thank you um, for, for the gift of the Holy Spirit who help us understand things that are mysterious to us. Thank you for calling us to follow you. Thank you for for shedding your blood. And through that, we call ourselves children of God. Help us to understand that There is nothing we can do as we strive to follow you, as we strive to to walk with you, but there is nothing we can do to inherit the kingdom of God. But it is only through you. We pray that you will be with us, you will encourage us, um, you will give us what it takes to share your good news with others but to be respectful at the same time. We know what we cannot do, your Holy Spirit will do. In your name we pray. Amen. So as you go this morning, may the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, guide you, watch over you, protect you, and as you go into the world and represent him. Amen.